Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Rogue Watch Now. You have made it to episode 91. Michael, what? Michael, what the fuck is up? 91. Are you counting? The, 90, the 91st, 91st, 91st. This will be the 90th, 90th, 1st time that y'all have heard my dumb voice introing this show and bothering Michael. Not counting the Patreon episodes. Ah, 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 Trey Bizarre. Yes, of course, the Patreon episodes. How, how, how oafish of me to forget the Patreon episodes. Uh, but this is going to be a really, really cool episode, actually. Before we kind of start getting into it and 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 honoring the one of the few traditions we have on this show, the the audio wrist check. Um, I want to just kind of give an overview of what this episode is incredible. So we had incredible success. Well, I, we we we're gonna try to make it incredible. It's incredible. I can't say it's gonna be incredible right it's now. It's incredible for two reasons. <laughs> it's about Seiko and your steering. That means it's incredible. It's automatically incredible as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but we had incredible success doing um, the first version of this. I guess sort of recurring segment. Um, the the previous one we had done, Vostok Amphibia. That's what the whole show is about. This previous episode we had done. We'll link it in the show notes. We basically, I had basically talked non-stop about the history of the Vostok Amphibia, you know, its current iteration, what makes it unique, you know, some interesting historical tidbits about the Vostok factory, all that stuff. And it was really a lot of fun. People really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, and we thought it'd be fun to do something like that again, but focused on another watch, which has probably the strongest, I think, like, fan fo- one of the, fo- the strongest fan followings amongst all watch collectors. And so... This week, for episode 91, we are doing the SKX. The Seiko SKX. That's what this yeah. whole episode is about. <laughs> yeah. This, the Squire Stratocaster of uh, the watch it's world. an excellent analogy. It is the Squire. <laughs> we have all... It, it, at any time in, in our careers, if you've picked up a guitar, you have most likely picked up a Squire Strat or like an Epiphone like LP yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, which are getting pretty good these days. Those yeah, I, remember, I remember you were. I remember you were saying. I remember you were yeah. saying. Ugh, guitars. I miss guitar. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but it's no. It's uh, going to be a fun episode. This is really a watch that I think has gone the distance. Oh yeah. Um, for for a lot of collectors, and you can still even find it um, among high end collections, because you just you really have to love it. You, you there's. It's kind of hard to hate a Seiko SKX. Um, it's it's easy to hate people kind of beating a dead horse about it, which we've been accused of before. Um, and I think we've we've held back from the Seiko talk for a while, but I think enough to the point where we can just let it all go in this episode. Well, it's it's a special piece because, to your point, it's also one of those pieces that just transcends all collection types. If you collect... You know, um, uh, watches that were only made in Bulgaria from 1975 to 1976, from November to March. That's your collection. Nine out of ten, you probably still have an SKX. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone, except me. I, 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 I sort of have an SKX. I'll talk about it in a second. 
Uh, that's right. But I don't think you've ever, you've never bought one. I have never ever. bought, I've lived, I have lived my SKX fantasies, which could be a fetish bar. I have lived my SKX fantasies vicariously through you. Because um, <laughs> you did the watch fest with the 009 slash 175. Yeah. My, my, um, my SKX story has been turbulent to say the least. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of binging and purging there. Maybe that's what I'll get in Hong Kong. Maybe, maybe I'll buy a cool SKX when I'm in Hong Kong. It's a, it's a good idea. Right? It's a good idea. If I see like a there's, fun one over there. There, there probably are, you know, my, yeah. my research has, has led me to believe that you can find a ton of really cool variants in different parts of the world. Um, and yeah, but yeah, super. I'm oh, sorry. I just hope the uh, we have a clean sounding episode today because, like, like I was telling you before, there's a lot of there's a lot of plane noise over here right now. <laughs> Dude, are you getting air rated? Is there is there an air? Do you get I get under your desk because the desk will help you apparently, and then have an air raid. Dude, I had my headphones on today, and I was listening to Skeleton Witch, which is a, a great. Great metal band. If you just want, uh, want some, some sick skeleton, straightforward witch. metal skeleton. Witch. Um, I wonder what that band's about. I think it's. I think it's a twelve-piece big band jazz band. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I had my headphones on, and I still, I still heard these these guys ripping ass up there. Um, we're on. It's officially the first day of the Boeing uh, Seafair show, and we have the Blue Angels here doing their thing and it's That's really right. loud sometimes i was gonna okay so okay we'll we'll get to tradition in a second guys but we'll hold on we'll, we'll sh- first first we do the wrist check then should i well mm, the wrist check's probably gonna lead into the main topic so let's 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 talk about the blue angels and then we'll talk about the wrist check and we'll get to the main topic is that cool yeah yeah you seem you seem excited about the blue angels because growing up so growing up on fort lauderdale beach the fort lauderdale air and sea show was like the thing like no one, like as a local, you never got excited about anything except the Fort Lauderdale Air and Beach Show, and the yeah. biggest, the big draw for that was always the Blue Angels, the Blue Angels, Blue Angels. I never, to this day, I still don't understand the significance. Like, are, are they, is, are they actually? Because you know, Michael, because you're you're much more um, um, you know, apt and, and into like aviation and things like that. Is their presence really like super cool? Are they actually like really that badass? The headline is: Do they really deserve to have their own Skyhawk or Nighthawk, whatever it's called? Oh, because <laughs> yeah. there's because there's a Citizens Blue Angel um, Skyhawk, I think. Yeah, I think there are quite a few. There are quite a few um, Blue Angels Citizen watches, yeah. and re- I think actually recently they came out with the Nighthawk, probably this year. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a, it's pretty impressive. It's the Navy's um, flight uh, demonstrations quadrant, so kind of the the best of the best. But it can be made up of both Navy and m- Marine pilots. But okay, um, commanding officer will always be a, a naval aviator. Um, so these and, they, yeah, they're primarily for de- for like 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 demonstration purposes. They're not they're 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 not lobbing like bombs at Flintstone villages. Like they're like for primarily for like demos. Yeah, yeah, but they are funded by the DoD. So oh, there um, you go. Yeah, yeah, but it, the stuff they do is 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 out of this world. Really, um, I'm lucky enough that my balcony faces. So I I see a little bit of an area called Elliott Bay. Okay. Which is kind of by the Space Needle. Um, so I get a little bit of the Space Needle, a little bit of water, and a whole lot of this 
um, industrial park called Harbor Island, which right. is just a lot of shipping cranes and stuff like that. Um, but they, they were doing a lot of their practice runs over there um, yesterday and today. So I kind of got to sit down on my balcony with a, a bowl of cereal and <laughs> watch the Blue <laughs> Angels just tear it up. That's so cool. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, but the yeah, dude, the the stuff they do, like the um, you know, the diamond formation where they get super close, uh, those wingtips are just just right above the cockpit of the other plane, and Jesus, uh, these these knife edge flybys and the delta formation, it's one kind of, one wrong move, everything goes up in flames. Yeah, and the F eighteen is kind of a scary machine because, you know, you see these things on TV and Will Smith flying one in Independence Day, but if, if welcome you're, to Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you're in real life watching these things do what they do, you kind of quickly realize that they turn into these almost ghosts in the sky because they can be in one spot at one moment and just behind you the next. And you, they disappear out of sight. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's like nothing in the world. So I I grew up very like basically on Fort Lauderdale Beach and so before the show even started we were growing up I would hear them practicing and like like totally like totally on point we would hear them our windows would shake and all of our animals would freak out but we wouldn't like we'd look and we wouldn't see them like we'd always be like too late because by the time the sound reaches us I guess the matter is gone you know what I mean yeah exactly which is fucking intense <laughs> exactly so that that happens with them they're they're these supersonic fighters, and also there's another really cool plan. Um, part of the squadron is is uh, is a C-130 that they call Fat Albert. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a really big um, military transport aircraft, and it's it's kind of jet modified, which I don't know. It's 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 the party trick that that C-130 has. Okay. But it was grounded for a year, so uh, it was cool to see it flying. Can um, they call it Fat Albert and put like a big McDonald's logo on the side of it? <laughs> that would make me so happy. <laughs> I haven't seen the paint job in a while, but I think they've done some some goofy stuff on the tail. <laughs> um, this uh, Sunday, they're I think Saturday or Sunday they're going to bring <clears throat> the A10 Warthog, which is the ugliest plane ever and my favorite plane ever. So. Okay, what what like aesthetically, it's just not pleasing. Yeah, it's just it's just an old, slow, ugly plane that is totally awesome because it just has a huge gun in the front <laughs> that's, that's its thing <laughs> that's so cool. and it's so it's been so good at its job i think it started flying 77 oh wow and um people have actively tried to decommission them for decades and you know the dod is like we don't have anything else that, do that does the job as well as this plane does um <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 gonna be a fun show if you're here in Washington. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, being close to Boeing Field, you're gonna see a lot of stuff. So are, are you are you gonna be attending like in person, or are you gonna be hanging on your balcony? I don't know. I I like the idea of attending, but I also like the idea of not going anywhere and it, watching it, from. from it's, my it, 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 it's the prospect of potentially being around other sweaty people, which I could see deterring you from wanting to do it. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll see if someone's YouTube live streaming it. <laughs> but either way, I, it's been it's been kind of quiet for a while. But yeah, that that flyover recently kind of threw me off and scared the shit out of my dog. Puppy. So yeah, if you guys hear <laughs> if you guys hear jet engines while we're recording, don't be alarmed. It's just the Blue Angels. Yeah. 
But I think uh, I think from here we can jump into the the wrist check. I've been talking a lot about airplanes, <laughs> so why don't you go first? Okay, I will. I will. I will honor that by honoring tradition and <laughs> agreeing to our gentleman's agreement of me going first uh, for a change. So super cool watch. I'm honestly not sure how much I've worn this on air, but it, I felt it was appropriate for um, the episode um, for two reasons. It's I believe related to the SKX, and you gave it to me. Uh, so for today's wrist check, I am wearing my Seiko um, 7002. The thing is really, really cool. It's definitely had its better days, but it really wears its age very well. I think mm. you and I talked about this. It's what, probably 90s or 80s? That one would be uh, close to mid-90s. That's is it so what's, cool. uh, what's the water resistance on it? Let's see. Let's see if I can read past all those dial scratches. Oh, no, it's on the front. It should be on the front. Yeah. 200. Yeah, that's going to be a mid-90s. That's so cool. This thing yeah. is killer. You know what I mean? Um, I could see someone not knowing the differences and mistaking it for an SKX because it sort of has a very similar-ish kind of profile, but there are some other like slight differences. So obviously the markers... I think the bezel's different too, right? The bezel... Um... The bezel should be the same. The bezel's the same. Maybe there are some small differences, but it's pretty pretty similar for the most part. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. But for, for me, I've always noticed, or at least just on, on this one, that I have the, the markers are a bit different, but it's fun. Um, In here, I think it's the 7S26 movement? Or no, no, no. It'll, it'll be, it'll it's it'll the, be the 7002. Yeah, it's a 7002, obviously. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hack. Doesn't manual wind. Uh, so I have to shake it up <laughs> mm -hmm. if I want to get it going. Um, has a really, I like the date wheel because it's a silver date wheel, but I don't know if it was modded this way or if it came with the silver date wheel. Those date wheels um, had a silvery tone to them. Okay. So it's just yeah. probably just the way it came then. Um, someone on the feed, because I posted it today on the feed, today being pff, August 3rd, uh, 2018. I don't, know, I don't know why I always say the year. As if as if like aliens are going to find this recording in 4,000 years in the future. But like, oh, I wonder what you, you never know. this in. I guess you so, never right? Know. You never know. They're Maybe gonna... they'll like the podcast so much that they'll use some kind of technology to find our... A mummified remains and kind of clone us again into existence well would we would we be cloned with our memories intact or would we be cloned in new with new consciousness i don't know i don't It'd know be great if we had memories i don't know if i want my memory intact it's it's <laughs> i can imagine the next few years of my life being quite meaningless and trite you know what i'm saying we'll keep saying the year just in case that Two happens. 2018, you never know. We welcome our alien overlords, all right? As far as I'm <laughs> concerned. You're welcome on Earth. But um, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, yeah, I posted, posted, a, it, I posted a picture of this. I uh, posted pictures in the feed, and someone suggested um, getting a dragon shroud for it, which looks like a little case shroud you can put over it that sort of makes it look like, look like a tuna. Oh, my God. Have you seen these? Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about that later. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it because it looks. This is really fascinating me. This is really, really fascinating me because this this kind of emphasizes a point that mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to make later on. I'm pumped. That I don't I don't necessarily understand. But okay, they recommended a, a shroud. They recommend they recom they they said that it could that I, I could put a shroud on there if I wanted to. And I went to the website and they do sell them for this watch. My initial reaction upon seeing it was it looks sort of like um. You put your kid in a raincoat that's too big for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just looks a touch unnatural. 
I don't know yeah. if, that's psycho- if, if, if that's psychological because I know this isn't, you know, right. But at the same time, in looking at it, I and I'm not saying this in like a way to disparage the Dragon Shroud. This is just something that inevitably happens anytime I look at a small handheld product like that. My first thought was I might be able to do something that's more to my taste on my 3D printer. You know what I mean? Uh, I it see. might not be as like robust or reliable. I mean, it would still be in this carbon fiber nylon that I have, so it would be super strong. But I don't know if I want to because I feel like I would be obscuring the the really cool profile of this watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and I know what you mean. I think the only thing that watch needs, and I just noticed um, after seeing the shot today, I completely forgot. I think, I think some asshat got his fucking fingerprint under the crystal. Do you see that? Let me see. That might that that, that could just be my fingerprint on top of the crystal. No, no, I, I feel like I remember. It's hard for me to that. tell right now. I'll bust out my loop later and look because I'm not really. Oh no, wait, maybe you're right. Yeah, if anything, uh, a new crystal might. Is it might near be... the? Is it near the date that you're seeing it? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. So someone's opened this up before. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. But if you're looking for a seven double O two crystal, I think uh, Spencer Klein at Klein Vintage Watch Repair. He just started. Um, he just started manufacturing some new ones, and to my knowledge, he's probably the only person in the world uh, again with. Uh, that specific crystal. Can I get a new like bezel from him too? Because the, uh, the this this spring probably needs uh, some attention. Oh, is it kind of uh, loosey goosey? A little loosey goosey, which is which is totally. Oh, okay. I'm totally cool with it. This watch, you know. I it, totally forgot uh, all the little nuances of that watch. I, I'm gonna have to see it again. Next <laughs> <laughs> time I see you, I, I could bring it to Hong Kong if you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You know? But I have it. I'm committing a faux pas. I have it on a leather strap. Sorry, guys. Um, I like it. I like. I think this watch on leather is a lot of fun. I have it on a really cool custom EA Goods uh, leather strap. It's sort of like a red maroonish leather, and it picks up the red text on the the Dyer's 200 meter on the on the dial really really well in a really fun way. And the stitching, it's a double stitch at the top here towards the lugs. It's a similar grayish silver sheen to the um, bezel insert uh, numbers. So it's a lot of fun. This watch is cool. It's got good heft. It feels still feels really solid. It still feels like maybe it's water resistant. I don't think it is, but <laughs> it feels like maybe it is. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah. yeah, maybe I should get into modding this thing. Not with the dragon shroud. <laughs> Just to clarify. Oh man, well, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, but yeah, what do you? Uh, but but that's but that's what I'm wearing. What do you? What are you wearing? I'm wearing a um, close relative of that watch. I'm wearing the SKX one seventy five. Yeah. Which is the only SKX I have in the collection at this moment. I don't count the SNZH uh, 55 Fathoms, I guess you can call. I didn't mod it that way. Um, it's not modded. I just call it that because I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I think it did. Like, did, did, did doesn't everyone call it 50 Fathoms? It's like Seiko's kind of Seiko's take on, clone. That, on, on yeah. that. But then people start like people mod them even further to look just like a like a like an old 50 Fathoms. Oh jeez. Um, but no, yeah, this is the the good old Pepsi SKX. Um, this one specifically for the North American market. Once again, uh, people like to speculate which variants are rare and which ones are difficult to find and which ones are investment grade. Uh, there's very little evidence to support a lot of those claims. But um, yeah, the the 175 portion of the uh, the reference just means that it's for. Uh, the U.S. Cool. So, cool. and that's that's kind of a 
normal trend in the way that Seiko released things uh, all the way back from 1965 with the earliest diver. And uh, I love this one because it's got a very deep blue dial and mm-hmm. the whole Pepsi vibe. And uh, I'm not Pepsi fatigued yet. I, I'm still really. <laughs> I don't think you will really be enjoying it. I think I think I think you'll always be a Pepsi fanatic. It, that's the watch you did the watch fast with, right? Like, the, or you inadvertently started the watch fast with? Yeah. One thing about this watch, um, because I did the watch fast. And because when I wear it, I wear this watch pretty hard. <laughs> the clasp is really like, it's getting there. It's, it's getting close to, to destroyed. <laughs> oh no. I never show the clasp. Here's the bracelet. Yeah. It literally sounds like you have it like a, like a, like a, like an Altoid tin of loose teeth. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually what on my end. That's what, I don't know what it sounds like for you guys at home, but that's what it sounds like through my headphones right now. Um, yeah. Can't you get a new bracelet on a strap code? Or would well, you want to get one on strap code? Well, I was pretty against that for a while. Okay. And people people were recommending the Uncle Seiko Z199 reproduction. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jubilee. yeah. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. I don't know. I can't I can't say why, but I think I'm just going to do it. How much How much do those run? I think it's around 40 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Why did I, why did I think it was $200? Oh no, it's it's not that much. You just buy new. We can just buy new SKX for two hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me make sure. Yeah, uh, Uncle Seiko makes some great stuff. Both the um, he does like the old Seiko tire tread straps. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I don't know why I thought it was two hundred donuts. That's ridiculous. Let's see, end links and spring bars. Uh, why am I so bad at the internet? Dude, I suck at the I suck at the internet, and I do it for a living. Like, like my day job is heavily involved in the fucking internet. I'm sorry, it was it's uh, sixty nine dollars, but it looks very that's nice. Still pretty good, man. That for for essentially breathing in new life from the watch, that's cool. Yeah, it looks like you can you it looks like you can fit it on both the SKX and the modern day um, turtle divers. Oh, cool! That's pretty cool. Cool, cool, cool. <sighs> but yeah, that's what I'm wearing. I'm enjoying it. Um, only one SKX in the collection for now, but that might change in the future. Have you owned? Sometimes I lose my mind and I buy a ton. Have you owned? So you've owned other SKXs in the past. Like the one seven five isn't the only one you ever owned. No, I've had uh, the regular 007, the mm-hmm. regular 009. I've had J versions of both of those, <laughs> also. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. Wow. So maybe maybe about six of them. That's yeah. So I mean, as, as far as I'm, you're 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 more of an SKX expert than I am. So this is this is this is a good episode to be doing. Then, should we transition into the main topic or? A couple you said house- there was some there was some news. There was some news we wanted to touch on quickly. And uh, then we'll get- a couple housekeeping items I thought were a lot of fun. So did you guys? So just so uh, now for something completely different. Small sidetrack. Did you guys at home know? And this might only be this might only be nostalgic for a small segment of you. You guys know that Casio is still making those baby G watches the same way that they looked when we were in seventh and eighth grade. I did not. I did not know that. I saw a press release the other day. They're like, "Oh, and Casio releases two new colors for their retro line." And like, I look at the colors and like, it's like pink and blue and like blue and pink or whatever. And like, it's obviously like very like um like 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 a certain target audience like choice. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. They're still making those watches. But then I went to like Casio's page for those retro um, G-Shocks. 
and they just have continued to make them. It's not just these two new colors, which um, are, are are interesting. I mean, you can go and check out. I did a write up on it um, on the website. I think it's it's like Casio unveils two new Casio G-Shocks, holy nostalgia wave Batman. Like some, it was something like that. But um, <laughs> they they have like they have like ten or fourteen versions of these G-Shocks, and like I saw it, and I immediately have flashbacks of like. My AOL instant messenger, like away message, <laughs> and like pogs, and like like collectible card games. It was just, it was so. And like PlayStation Two, when PlayStation Two was new, you know what I mean? Oh, oh my yeah. god, dude, it was insane. So if you, and they're only like so the MSRP at like seventy nine ish dollars, but on Amazon they're obviously cheaper, like fifty bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? I might get one. I saw one that was actually really cool. It was like that jelly material, so it's like plastic clear. You know what I mean? Um, gray with like teal on the watch face. I might get that. Oh, I see that one. So yeah, you you included a super helpful graphic that has uh, all of the different versions. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I just screenshotted that from the Casio website. Yeah that that one that you're you're talking about is pretty sweet. I like the ice blue one. Ice blue uh, is that's cool. All clear. The the, yeah, the the T one the T one that I'm looking at it's super warp tour when when warp tour was still cool I feel like. <laughs> goodbye rest in peace warp tour. <laughs> I'm not gonna miss you right <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's too good but yeah I think they're really really cool if you're like me and you've been sort of having decision paralysis with which G Shock to get do check these out they're they're and they have all of the same incredible features that you just know and love from Casio G-Shocks. Dude, these things are rated for 200 meters of water resistance. I don't know about you, but when I was, I had one of these in seventh grade and you used to always pry off the little cage. I don't know why. I'd always just pry it off, take it off and click it back on. And I would just, I would just mess with that in class the whole time. Because we're kids, we're fidgety. You know, if, if it's not that, we're carving the initials of our crush into our arm. Those are those are your <laughs> options, guys. We can either play with our G-Shock. But I completely scratched it. I completely scratched the watch on like one side from from doing that. It was, I don't know. I was a weird kid, man. That's so funny though. But yeah, I, I the, the, those things I think hold a very nostalgic place in a lot of people's hearts. It's, I think they're. You have the page in front of you right now. It's World Time, right? Um, what, are the, what are the features? I think I had some bullet points at the end. 20, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, 200, 200 meters water resistance, 29 different time zones, and 30 cities. Five alarms. Why do I need five alarms? For each for each period of class. First period, the second uh, period, third period, lunch. That. You know, <laughs> that, I have no idea. <laughs> Plus yeah. minus 30 seconds per month. Hot dog. It's acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> for quartz watch. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, the thing is, it's just the price is right. Really, a lot of fun. I would encourage you to check them out. I might pick one up. In all honesty, when I get back from Hong Kong, if I have like, if I earned enough money stripping on street corners in Hong Kong, and I have like, if I can get like fifty bucks, I'll buy this watch. You know, I think um, I think you can do well uh, if you decide to do that in Hong Kong. I think I can, I'm, maybe maybe I'll be a novel maybe a fat, fat brown dude will be novelty enough. <laughs> I'm not. Well, hold, well, I had to clarify this. This 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 needs to be. I'm not like I, I'm not overweight, but I have what I like not. to call like the diabetes spare tire. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness! Because my dad has diabetes and he has the same like like pudgy like body shape. So as long as you're looking at me from the shoulder up to about the bottom of my nose, that rectangle on point. Anything above the nose. Train wreck. Anything below my clavicle, 
train wreck. So like if yeah, so if we ever did if we ever did like an album and we wanted like a David Bowie cover, I would recommend using that section of of my body. You know what sounds, I mean? Sounds good. Yeah, we can we can probably talk to some Photoshop wizards that can help us both out. Nah, dude, we're gonna do it on the Game Boy camera. Like me, do you do you, do you remember the Game Boy camera from back in the day? Yeah, it would also print. You it would can, print. You can connect a printer. It would print like little like stamp stamp sized. Uh, 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 dude, dude, stuff used to be so fucking cool. Yeah, right. It really was cool. Oh, my God. But yeah, so if sorry, you're talking about all these guys. This is this is why we're obsessed with with nostalgia and, and vintage reissues. <laughs> no, totally. They're, they're capturing. They're they're trying to capture us having these feelings right now. But if you're if you're like me and these baby G's hold a um really special place in your heart, definitely take a gander. I will say, do not be deterred. I think Cassio is trying to play these off as part of like the female line or like the their like yeah. ladies collection. I don't personally see it that way. I don't think reality sees it that way. For some reason, I just think Cassio didn't know what to do with these watches, so they've put them in their Cassio G-Shock like like ladies um, collection. But I would totally wear one of these. I think I think they're I, that that teal one that we were talking about, and that ice blue and that all clear one. I think those things are fucking killer. What what if it's like what if it's like an Omega museum thing that like what they did with the uh, hmm. that freaking chronograph watch? Maybe maybe Cassio just had buckets of these in some dark corner of the factory since '98, and they're like, hey, let's release them. I'm I, I'm not familiar. What's what's the Omega museum thing? What what is that? Is that's that that freaking like fifty thousand dollar chronograph converted pocket watch thing oh. where they found 13 movements in their museum <laughs> an old watchmaker dusted them off and I don't no, know. no 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 <laughs> someone someone had sent hans up to the attic to get more styrofoam cups for the water cooler and he had seen a box that was covered in a lot of dust and so we opened it and the movements were in there that's that's how i yeah. think it really happened <laughs> it's always hans is it, is it is it always hans i do it is, is hans like my, my go-to swiss watchmaker name I don't know. It's too many episodes to listen back on now. <laughs> I'm not too. I'm not too sure. Um, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know too many Swiss names. Oh, my, do I? It's my. That, that's my nomenclature Achilles heel. Is, uh, <laughs> everyone's got one. Mine happens to be nomenclature for some reason. Not good at it. I don't. Know, I don't know Swiss <laughs> names. If someone could send me like a Wikipedia page of popular Swiss names, that would be on point. Appreciate that, guys. But um, careful. Careful what you ask careful. for. <laughs> <laughs> God, I know. But yeah, so definitely check out the Baby G's. You might be seeing one on the feed soon. I think it'll be a wonderful companion to this Casio Wave Scepter, which I got uh, courtesy of um, user and listener Tritium Balls. Go and check out his feed. Really, really fun photos. Really, really cool watch. Um, this thing is super fun. Um, but yeah. Also, uh, also, just one last thing about these. These would be, um, and we did an episode on this, but really fun set of couples watches because they're... Oh, yeah, dude. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of... You know, female-focused uh, colors, I suppose, traditionally. But uh, yeah, there's an all-black model. The the gray with the teal that you said is pretty masculine. I don't know if it's well. so much like female-focused colors, but there's a wide enough color selection to where if someone wasn't a watch person, they could still see a watch like this and say, "Yeah, that kind of that matches my personality. Yeah, that matches the sort of stuff that I normally buy." You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. my wife Becky is super into like purple and teal sort of jewel tones so a lot of her accessories gravitate towards those colors i guess sort of i guess mine do as well i have all those fucking teal and green blue watches whatever dude you know what i mean i so, I, I would love the little baby blue surf green one but i don't know how good it would look with my 
my arm hair popping out all the sides. <laughs> I think it'll be. Per- oh, I, I thought you were an arm shaver. You didn't shave. You don't shave your arms. No. No, we talked about this. You don't. You don't shave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you neither do I? Whatever. I. I, I mean, <laughs> if I have, it's been a while. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was curious to what it would be. I was curious about a lot of things in high school. I was curious to what it would be like, so I shaved my entire. As a brown man, you have to understand this is a this this was this was a Herculean effort. I shaved all my body hair off. You took the day off. I took the day. <laughs> you didn't call, go to school. I called in sick from school, <laughs> and I I shaved my all my body hair off. I looked like a fucking alien, like a like a, like a pudgy bellied, <laughs> shoulder sloped alien, without a lick of hair on his body. <laughs> I'm never impressive. doing that again. I'm never, I'm never going through that ever again, dude. Yeah, Come depending on. on how, on how well you commit, you can't sit down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't have the time. I, don't, I have a job. I have bills. I don't, I don't have the time to sit there and shave my body. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, telling you, man. But yeah, keep an eye on the feed. You might be seeing one of these G-Shocks soon. Fifty fifty dollars, dude. Oh, all right, I talked enough about this watch. Um, were there any other site? There's a couple of things I want to talk about at the end of the show, but were there any other site news we want to talk about? Uh, bu- 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 definitely check out the site. We've been updating a lot more um, frequently. Um, also, not just reviews, really interesting press releases and just news items. Like I, I wrote a piece um, talking about Timex and this brand called Ingersoll, or I'm not even saying that, Ingersoll recently. Really, mm-hmm. really interesting. Go and yeah. check it out. Um, I have some tinfoil hat theories about what the relationship might lead to. Um, but yeah, and people have been emailing us also about contributing to the site. Always super open to that. Please definitely keep that coming. That's just, for me, it's incredibly, um, it's just such an honor that you guys want your writing hosted and shared through the Two Broke Watch Stomps, you know, uh, website. That just means a lot. So definitely, definitely keep that coming. But, um, I think we should get to the main topic. You want to talk about watches? Let's talk about some pretty rad watches. Let's talk about Seiko Seiko SKX. So I'm I'm gonna let you take the floor. How did you envision the discussion going? Did you did you do like like history research or like? Because I I see the watch all the time. I understand it's venerated. I know its veneration is merited and deserved. And I want to get one one day. But I don't know anything about. I don't know like. The history of the watch i don't know if it was like if someone like 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 nose punched a whale while wearing the watch and that's why mm-hmm. it's famous now like i don't know anything about this watch is there yeah, anything tried, like that i i tried to take some time to really sit down and think <clears throat> the best way to approach this because uh, it's it's a watch that i think the majority of our listeners know about uh it's oh, very yeah. difficult for me to to sit here and talk about the skx for god knows how long and and tell you something you don't know about it. Everybody kind of knows for the for the most part what it is, what the watch feels like. A lot of people have experience with it. Um, but really, it, it did kind of just turn into a personal history lesson for me. Mm. And you, you kind of really have to... I think the best way to appreciate a watch like the SKX is to kind of trace the entire lineage of Seiko divers um, and really almost witness the organic evolution that you okay. that you see between each and every single model um so i i'm really just i'm gonna try to not keep keep it from being uh boring or whatever but uh let's do it michael let's do the four hour seiko skx episode let's give the people yeah. what they want <laughs> yeah i'm well, taking I off mean, my shirt now you want to take should we take off our shirts now or, or or towards the end 
you can you can do it now. I've already taken off my shirt. Excellent, man after my own heart. But here, um, <laughs> so so the idea of starting with so or at least touching on Seiko dive watch history, like where does that start? Yeah, I think so because um, you know, and by the way, if if you're gonna listen to this podcast and go through the show notes, um, and take a look at photos of all these different watches that we're gonna talk about, I also encourage you to to do some research on um. Japanese metalworking in general, be it swords uh, or or anything really, because Seiko does this thing where um, they have some very impressive case finishing on pretty rudimentary watches, but there's so much dedication into achieving a certain complexity of finishing that it kind of just really blows your mind. Even on even hmm. on a even on a modern watch like the Turtle reissues or an off-the-shelf SKX, it's really, really impressive. So the and then, attention to detail with, like, a Grand Seiko Saratsu polishing, that's not necessarily exclusive to Grand Seiko pieces. All Seiko, or most likely all Seiko pieces exhibit that same sort of attention to detail, you think? It's certainly on a different level when you sure. look at the Saratsu polishing, but there's they still leave a little something for even the most basic models. Historically, that's just that's something so cool. they've done. Uh, which is which is tragic, really. I I never really cared about you know, you know those people that say I'm not. I never get close to a watch that has been near a, a polishing wheel. I I do not look at watches. I I never I never thought that was rational until diving into the complexities of Seiko case finishing. <laughs> like if I was really looking for one, I would seriously try to find unpolished. Wow, uh, those are the only ones I really care about. It's old Seiko dive watches, but anyways, yeah, the story does start at 1965 with the 62 MAS or 6217. It's a watch that I've talked talked about a lot on this show. We might have brought up a couple of times on there. <laughs> Happy episodes, angry episodes. <laughs> um, the watch was reissued as the SLA 017. Yeah, I think. What was that? 2016 cast 20, or 2017? 2017. 2017. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 2017. 2017. And then the other one was uh, 2018. Whatever the other one was. Yeah. Good point. By the way, I will not be bringing up the watches that are um, traditionally in the Marine Master family. Okay. Um, that's that's what that watch was. The one that was reissued this year. Right. I remember now. But the uh, you know the 62 MAS is kind of the most basic. <laughs> form of a Seiko dive watch and from that point on that design evolved into the uh into the watch that we have today uh and it's not it's not very far removed you put this watch next to a Seiko SKX and you can really see that they stayed true to the way they designed watches um and really it was it was a fantastic tool early on uh, 150 meters of water resistance but with a push-pull crown so, dive, so, so, so divers that. were buying this, or people were buying this as a tool. Yeah, divers were divers were buying this, but divers really actually did use it. Nice. And while it is it is very much a Seiko icon and really sought after today, there were a lot of practical in the field issues with it. I think uh, okay. I think some crowns were breaking off. I think oh, some crystals were were popping off. Um, you know, eventually Seiko went on to develop those. Um, there's tuna divers that did not need a helium escape valve, for example. Hmm. Um, and they were addressing those issues in 
in that line of really professional dive watches. But the 62 MAS was uh, a nice humble start, I think. And um, <laughs> you know, you had the you had the Dash 8000, which is the small crown, and the Dash 8001 large crown. Um, both are pretty rare. I think people try to look for the large crown uh, for the most part. Okay. There's just something aesthetically pleasing about it. But um, this is really where Seiko started, but they kind of realized all those issues and um, moved on to create the 6105. And it's here where we really start to see the SKX um, get its, you know, traction. earliest. Yeah, get some traction, yeah. the, the, the case that we know today. Uh, because we have the crown move to to four o'clock, and the case starts to morph into a Seiko's version of a crown guard. Um, so I don't know if you have any of the watches on screen now, or if you can pull any of them up. But if you're listening at home, mm-hmm. um, I'd encourage you to look at the sixty one o five dash eighty one ten. That's the that's the big huge um, turtle case version, the oh, one that was in, cool. a, in Apocalypse Now, and <laughs> there's something there's something almost um, zen about the way it was designed, and I guess because there were so many issues with the exposed crown, and because Seiko wanted to really come up with an original solution, they had this huge portion of the case morph <laughs> into a crown guard, and this is so this is something you see on an skx today but it is it has never been more exaggerated it's incredibly exaggerated in this watch it's quite yeah. incredible yeah so so with the with the 6105 once again besides the 62 mas these watches are the ones that are currently commanding the highest premium in the vintage market i think i think oh. somebody showed me one on analog shift that went for close to like ten thousand dollars what seriously yeah. <laughs> yeah it's completely Jesus. it's bananas yeah and the you know the you have the turtle case which is a little bit slimmer um it doesn't have that massive protrusion and then you have the uh the cushion case Mm. so that was those were both 1968 and 1970 um you still had the you still had the bi-directional friction bezel on these really but it was yeah actually but it wasn't until it wasn't until 1970 with the dash 8110 that you get the clicking bezel but it was still bi-directional i could be mistaken but it was still still bi-directional but either way these watches are important because of that design trait the crown being moved to four o'clock and that solution that (laughs) that that late 60s design is still carried on today yeah Uh, whether whether you're looking at the skx or the 6309 um reissues the srp turtles um speaking of which once again i don't want to hover on these watches for too long so we can eventually get to the skx but the um in 76 we had the 6306 and the 6309 and those are those are the watches that the um the srp turtles were based on when the uh reissues were released 6306 wait 6306 what'd you say yeah, sixty three oh six and the sixty three oh nine. So a lot of a lot of times cool. these these reference numbers really just um, specify the market region. So the sixty three oh six is just the JDM version of the sixty three oh nine. Oh, 
These I, are both I, I the original thought, turtles. I thought the numbers were just dartboarded. But they had a dartboard and they wrote numbers <laughs> and I threw three darts and then loaded the numbers of the watch. You know, there it's really just the movement names. The, by the way, these are all the movement names. Oh, that makes that's sense. What, that's that's how we refer to the watches. It's fantastic. Maybe that's why Seiko has so many nicknames. You have to give them nicknames, or else you're just calling the watches by their movements. Yeah, you could you could either call you could either call your coworkers employee number thirty seven, or you can call them water cooler masturbator or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is a <laughs> that is a black books reference for anyone that actually has seen that show as well. Just uh, <laughs> distracting you there, but yeah, I'm looking at these right now. This these uh, the the sixty three oh six. This is a killer, dude. Yeah, these 6306 and 6309 divers, uh, the original turtles. Um, if you look at the dial, we really start to see Seiko reach a serious point of symmetry. And at 12 o'clock, you get that sword. Yeah, I was going to say, kind, of, like kind a sword. of right, right in the middle of the marker. Um, and that is. That kind of carries on later. It's not in the SKX, unfortunately, but it's it's very um, it's very much a key feature of these these turtle divers. We're still, by the way, at 150 meters of water resistance, and um, you know, if my notes are correct, I think we're still at a bi-directional bezel. I see <laughs> one that says Scuba Pro on the dial. Is that, is that yeah. Thing? Yeah, they had no. They had a lot of co-branded dials for these. Okay. Yeah. So same kind of co-branding with uh, with manufacturers like Doxa did it. Yeah. Know? So you had um, you had Seiko's uh, doing the same thing. Uh, by the way, these are also still three hertz movements. Um, from the sixty the sixty two MAS, we went from eighteen thousand BPH, and now with the turtle divers, we're at a three hertz movement. Um. An important thing to note about these turtles, because uh, people ask me some sometimes uh, what they should get. I will note that the 6306 version, the JDM version, is still a little soft on the vintage market. And what, is, that, is that good for buyers or bad for buyers? It's it's kind of good for buyers. You okay. have to you have to do your research in, in buying them, but the prices. Uh, at least what I've seen are not as crazy as the 6309 variants. Um, so if you are, I would never say, I'd never tell somebody to invest in a watch. <laughs> We've talked about this, but uh, if you're looking for a vintage one that's a little bit cheaper and isn't um, kind of followed by the hysteria, I think the 6306 is a pretty good choice. Okay, cool. With, with these 6309s, by the way, and this was... This is really fun to witness. Um, the 6309-7290. That watch was introduced in 1982 and was in production, I think, for around five or six years. We're still at 150 meters of water resistance, but here we get to a 42 millimeter case, and that is that is the first time we see the case that we know and love today in the SKX. Hmm. So that was that was back in 1982. <clears throat> I have a question. <clears throat> it's not just yeah. why am I choking. The question is actually pertinent to the discussion. Um, so there's obviously Seiko was iterating. They're improving. They're experimenting. Is this happening in a vacuum, or are there like other watches, other dive watches that they're kind of directly competing with, or they're just like, oh fuck, X Y Z did this. Let's burn their homes down. Or do you think they're just off in the corner doing their own thing, not really worrying about what the other brands are doing? 
at this time this this was really Seiko's golden age and nice. um you know I really do think they were completely isolated just doing what they thought was best for their products and and one interesting thing to note about all these different versions that I've brought up many times with the turtle di- the turtle divers for example a lot of times Seiko would release uh either a mid-size version or what they would consider a women's version of these watches. Mm-hmm. And those are really, really cool. Uh, I don't have all the references in front of me now, but there are some um, there are some retro women's dive watches from this same era that Seiko made. Um, one of them is the 4205. So the 6309-7290 that I just mentioned introduced the SKX case. They also came out with the 4205 at the same time, which is, yeah, it's the Seiko 4205. And this is like a mid-sized version of Seiko's, you know, first SKX looking watch. And they're really, really cool. They're really I almost, cool. I'm looking at them right almost, now. I almost consider it to be a, a sort of predecessor to the SKX 013, which is the mid-size um, model we have of the SKX today. Is someone breaking br- into your house? No, I just got home. Okay, okay. <laughs> Does it, it sound it, like somebody breaking in? It was. It sounded like someone was trying to like try, trying to like Jimmy and Ice pick into your deadbolt, and I'm just like, mm, Michael, the podcast isn't that important. Preserve your life. Like I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was it's, happening. It's funny because it's her. It's her trying to be quiet. Trying to open the door quietly. That never works. My wife tries it. It never works. The last time my wife tried being quiet, she dropped ice packs all over our kitchen floor. You remember that? Well, I don't know. If, does Becky does Becky have her keys and then 47 other things attached to her keys? Yeah, which I contributed to. I 3D printed her like this little charm. It has like, <laughs> it's like a heart and it has her name in it. And that thing just jangles and <laughs> clinks and clacks and clicks and thwacks on everything. And so yeah. I have only my... I can hear her literally coming from down the stairs three stories down because her yeah, keys I'm, are like I'm ringing. on the third floor and I can hear my wife downstairs yeah, the, go, the, the ghost jangling. of Christmas past dude you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but no I am okay nobody has broken in good well, she has but she lives here she lives here so it's fine she's allowed to break in but yeah I would encourage I would encourage um, anyone <clears throat> interested in finding old cool Seiko dive watches to look at the mid-size versions uh, from, from the 80s that were I guess marketed as women's watches, maybe not all the time, or just mid-sized versions. But yeah, the forty-two hundred five is is one of those watches. And once again, I think I don't know why the SKX zero one three exists. That's the thirty-seven millimeter version we have today, or thirty-eight millimeter version we have today. I, I don't know why it exists, but it is a cool watch. The know? date window on this four two zero five is so weird. Yeah, you have so you have like the the lozenge hour marker. Yeah, that that you would expect at nine and six o'clock, but they've put one at three o'clock and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no day aperture. It's just so a you, number. Yeah. So you have like half of one of those lozenge markers with a cutout for the date. It's very, very cool. <laughs> it's, it's quite distinct. I, uh, I'll be Googling this after we, uh, we get off air. It's pretty cool. I'm seeing some Pepsi versions of that too. Is that aftermarket you think, or they actually came with like Pepsi bezels of the forty two oh five or the sixty three oh nine because the sixty three oh nine zero five four two zero five zero one five two 
Yeah, they no, they were doing Pepsi versions at this point also. Wow. Yeah, they were doing Pepsi versions at this point. For some of those mid-sized divers, you'd also see them experiment with color. You'd see uh, orange dials, I think yellow dials, um, at some point. But um, oh, there's. Can you hear my dog? That was your dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Now we come to the watch that you have, which is the seven thousand two dash seven thousand. Yeah. Um. And that's uh, that's also a date only watch. Maybe they picked it up from the from the forty two oh five, and something has been happening with these watches. And I'm kind of gonna get back to that point uh, that the commenter uh, is it time for ranting? I'm I'm not gonna rant. I'm not gonna rant. You can rant, okay? It's your show. Basically, the seven the seven thousand two is the closest ancestor we have now to the SKX 007. Okay. However, so so it offers a really cool opportunity for you to find a vintage Seiko dive watch for not that much money. And it doesn't have the same hysteria attached to it that the Turtle Divers have or the 6105 or the 62MAS. But for some reason, I cannot explain, a lot of these watches ended up in the Philippines. Okay. A lot of these watches ended up in the Philippines. <laughs> and even the ones that aren't in the Philippines... A ton of them are just modded to shit. Like, so modded with these crazy... Franken or modded? Modded. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Modded to the point that they aren't even recognized as Seikos anymore. There's no Seiko on the dial. I've seen weird versions with, like, a Barracuda on the dial and a fish hook. And it's just puke alien green with a gmt <laughs> bezel but there's no way for that to work on a three-hander and this this incredibly perturbs you this irks the shit out of you it really does it really does and i see i i see a ton of them of course with the um with the the shrouds the, the dragon that shroud whatever it's called yeah yeah so i mean i'm i'm down with with seiko modding but i mean if you're gonna do it i don't know are you, saying else? It, are you saying it's a question of taste or of perverting the, the historical sort of chops of the watch? I may be turning up my nose a little bit and say and stating that it's a bit of a perversion and, and that it's, I don't know, we shouldn't be doing that to these watches in a way. Um, but then again, enjoy your watch the way that you do. And yeah, the, uh, the, sh- the show's called Two Broke Watch Knobs, not Two Broke Relative Blokes Talking uh, Quietly in a Room. You know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. okay. So good to have, yeah. a, have an opinion. It's just interesting why this watch? Why the seven zero zero two? Maybe maybe that's what gets me upset because I haven't seen this happen um, to another reference to the hmm. extent that it has uh, for the for the seven thousand two. Maybe there's something about its construction or its availability that just makes it easy to mod. That's possible. Um, like what the fuck know, is going on behind you? I've been trying not to say anything about it, but there are just sirens and there's yelling. What's going on behind you? I mean, like I said, stuff catches fire here all the time. Oh no, is something on fire? Is is, yeah. is is one of the blue angels? That's awful. That that would be that would be a very big fire. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> but um yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what gets me upset. Not not the modding factor, but the fact that it has to happen to this seven thousand two. If anyone and has I, any I insight on that, that'd be Yeah, I can't I can't figure figure out why, to yeah. be honest. Um, I don't. I don't care about modding watches. I think it's actually pretty cool when you, 
you know, can educate yourself on the way different components fit together. I, I actually encourage it. You know, the those little Seiko fives are, are great watches to to mess around with. Oh, like those SMKs. Um, those are a lot of fun. Yeah, but I, I distinctly remember shopping around for the seven thousand two that I uh, gifted you, and that's something I really had to sift through. I, I just could not, for the life of me, figure out why every seven thousand two I found had a shark on it <laughs> with with a blue with, with a neon blue dial. Uh, Do you think these a, were these were all modded in like the '90s and mid '90s, and we're all now still dealing with it, or are are people still modding them? People are still modding them, and wow. I'm actually I'm actually gonna go on eBay now. Yeah, if anyone there's... has any insight on that, definitely let us know what's up. I'd be curious to know why this this watch in particular. So what you're telling what you're what you're telling me to do, Michael, is not mod this watch. See, here's I I look for seven thousand two Seiko on eBay, and I get. I get a Dash 8059, which is another very cool uh, version. There's almost something Tag Heuer-ish about it. But anyways, the um, Vintage Seiko Diver 7002 GMT mod. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a well, it's a I'm white go, dial. I'm going there too. Seiko 7002. It looks like it would work as what a GMT. Fuck? Are you seeing this? I'm looking. It's weird. I, I, this might be someone. What is this? Like a, is it a two? Okay. I'm looking at another one. I'm looking at another one. It's a white dial three hander. And the minute and hour hands are, um, it's like skeletonized fish. So the minute hand is is like a fish bones. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe these are like modders flexing their muscles. This can get you upset. I can be upset about this. I'm, I'm. <laughs> if I'm shopping for one, I'm like dad upset. I'm. I, I came home and my kids are trying to make pancakes with ketchup. And I'm like, dude, fucking why? Like why? You know what I mean? <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong with regular pancakes? Like somebody stuck a kinetic movement in this one. Ah, that's pretty cool. That's that's a fun thing to do. That's a fun project. Um, how odd. Ooh, look at this, this green. Ooh. They, they look like California dial. The hands look like like atom bombs almost, or like like bombs you throw off the back of a plane. Not throw, but you know. Yeah, yeah, just, I don't know. It's I, just just Jim back there lobbing bobs from his hands. You know, and and that that version that I that I gave you, I think I paid, I think I paid a hundred flat for it, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty good price. But now if I see. Uh, a nice untouched 7002 um getting close to 230 250 it's just um, crazy cuz i did not type in seiko 70002 mod i typed in seiko 7002 but yep. all i'm seeing are mods which is telling me all that the ebay algorithm has to pull from to aggregate to you is mods <laughs> yeah yeah but either way it's a fantastic watch also with this version you know, we, we have the SKX case that was um, kind of revealed at the tail end of the 6309. Mm. But we get these we get these blocky hour markers that still exist in the SKX 173, if you're interested in a modern version. And we also, I believe, for the first time, get the lollipop seconds hand, which yours still has, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So right we now? have the we have the lollipop uh, at the business end of the seconds hand and and not the counterweight. 
which is a, a very cool, you know, trait that was unique to the uh, the 7002 until the SKX-173 came out. Um, <clears throat> and also, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I do think this is where we get the unidirectional bezel when we transition to the 7002-7039, which is the one you have. It has the red 200-meter text, correct? Yep, yep. 200, yep. Uh, it's red 200, uh, divers 200-meter. 200 yeah. So we get 200 meters here in 1994, uh, and then from, you know, from 1994 to 1996, 1996 is when we get the, the SKX, which is still a fantastic watch. Mm. Um, once again, I wish I, I wish I was savvy with Photoshop or something, but I wish I could just put all of these in a, in a timeline graphic, uh, next to each other, because there are a ton of little pieces of the cases that they move and they they morph as the years go by and that's something and, we can work on if you want yeah. uh we probably won't have a time ready in time for this episode to go live but that's something we can work on to have on the site yeah but i'm still you know i'm still looking at this skx 175 that i have right now i've had it off wrist the entire time because i'm just staring at it <laughs> as i'm talking i'm doing the but, same um, thing with the 7002 that's so funny you know but i have i have this pulled up next to the 6306 and you can just see the watch turning into an SKX. Wow. And I just I just wonder what Seiko's gonna do next because, you know, obviously the the SKX 007 is the most popular variant. It's the black dial. There's the Pepsi the Pepsi 009 that everybody knows. Um, but we've had it for over 20 years now. And there were rumors for a while about the SKX being discontinued, but um, my God, you can still buy them easily. I feel like people would would actually riot. Well, they were kind of rioting for a little bit, and that's when I sold my J variant for a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the market, I like it. Uh, but now, if I want one, now if I want one, it's like three hundred dollars, which I will not pay. That's fine. Um, Do you think so? But the thing is, Seiko has gone through. Seiko is sort of doing this thing where they're. Revisiting previous divers, um, some obviously in the more expensive spectrum, but this is obviously in the more affordable. Like you know, they just did these new samurais. You know what I mean? Like, do you think something like that might happen with the um, SKX? Not in terms of like obviously it's still in production, but do you think they might reimagine it or do some weird sh or do like a weird like limited edition like Blue Lagoon SKX? Because I I'm surprised they haven't yet, but I think they know. I think they know. If they fuck with grandma's cookie recipe, everyone's going to notice and everyone's going to hate it. You know what I mean? So the Seiko philosophy, I think it's, I think there are competing ideologies at Seiko when it comes to producing watches and, um, you know, bringing us releases that are fruitful and, and profitable. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of times when Seiko would move from, say, the 6309 to something else they would repurpose tooling uh they would figure out ways to efficiently bring us something new right but in a way that they could reuse a lot of what they had on hand um that's why actually if you if you really tear them open uh i think i think the inside of these new turtles are pretty similar to your 
average um, SKX. Okay. They used a lot of the same tooling to make those watches. Um, anyways, there's a Spencer Klein video where he goes into that in more detail. Um, but then again, I think there's there's some kind of allure to the limited edition, and that's mm. just what they've they've fallen into. I personally, I personally really want to see the next evolution of the Seiko dive watch. Um, I feel like the the dive watches evolved in relation to how they were being used in the field. I don't think they're being used in the field to the such great extent anymore. You know what no, I'm saying? No, they they really aren't, and then that can that can be said about you know for for any brand that creates dive watches. But right. um, you know, we we had the SKX for for like 20 years, and then they came out with the SRP Triple Seven. Mm-hmm. I'll just use that as an example, which is a fantastic watch. We saw a very faithful um, kind of homage to an iconic Seiko design mm. that is still very accessible to a wide range of buyers and also professional enough to be used in, in the field if you are diving with those those watches, which oh, yeah. you should if you dive. Um, but I think, I think we're at a point now where we're going to see less newer Seiko dive watch designs hmm. and and we're just going to watch the 4R36 movement make its way into a ton of different lines so it's happened in Presage right you know yeah. the 6R15's gone out of the cocktail time 4R36 for movement I love that movement I don't know about the titanium Seiko Samurais that are really sought after today I don't know if those had a 6R or a, actually those those might have had a 7S26 but anyways, I think we're going to see more movement shuffling and more uh, limited ed- editions um, as opposed to newer designs. Are you ready for a limited edition SKX? For, for $800? They might do one 20 years from now. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe I, or maybe 2026 or something for some kind of SKX anniversary. Oh, I'll be long dead by then. But you, but you have to tell me how it goes. <laughs> that that's just gonna make me feel really old <laughs> if that happens. Really, really old. You mean our warp tour and baby G shock discussion did not make you feel old? Made me feel <laughs> fucking old. That's fun stuff. That's true. Seiko, that's true. Seiko making me upset is not fun. Touche. 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 But the good thing about the SKX also, currently there are a ton of really accessible versions. You can buy them. You can mess with them mod them break them um you know improve on them people put sapphire crystals uh but there are a ton of really cool versions that are still available they're getting they're getting difficult to find um but take the the 011j which is calling me right now yeah (laughs) that is the that's the orange dial version with the gilt um with the gilt bezel markers and also the, um, you know, the SKX-173, which has the look of the 7002 in a modern SKX package. Hmm. Uh, after kind of tracing this, this Seiko lineage, I kind of came to the conclusion that I enjoy a watch like the SKX more than something like a Rolex Submariner. Interesting. I just think... I just think there's a really impressive design b- 
behind the way these watches were kind of presented to people and and I don't know there's there's just fluidity to, to these cases and it it's almost like an extension of the diver at this point hmm. um, they just look like really cool professional tools and and I might just be like I might just be totally romanced at this point but I think they're gorgeous they are they're, 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 there's an interesting sort of uh, design that they've achieved because it's an aesthetically pleasing tool it's like noticing how well designed a barnacle chisel is or a clam shucker. I, f- I feel like, especially for people who buy these things as like tools or pieces of like survival equipment, you know what I mean? There's there's an aesthetically like pleasing nature to them, but it's even, and just, justifiably so, it is romanticized and it should be because you can see the evolution. Like when you were saying we should get all those images and just stack them in a grid so you can literally see how the case shapes and morphs to sort of reach its current iteration i don't want to say it's final iteration because who knows maybe something happens and they just do they 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 improve upon it again i i don't necessarily think the business model currently right now at seiko would support something like that but but maybe some sane and irrational and nostalgic people there can get their voices heard yeah and they and they reimagine the watch once again you know i'm not a seiko expert by any means and i'm not a rolex expert at all but I feel I feel like I can sit down and look at a ton of different Submariner models from from the fifties up up until what we have now, and I feel for the most part, uh, I can't really tell what the improvements are. <laughs> I'm just ignorant to the Rolex Submariner, mm-hmm. but I can just actively see Seiko trying their hardest to make every version better and yeah. better. And they do it in these really creative ways. And I'm so, so glad we still have this really quirky um, crown assembly. Because those crowns early on with the 62 MAS and the 6105s, they were really rudimentary. Mm. I mean, with the 62 MAS, it was just a push-pull. So maybe people were having trouble with them. Um, with those earlier, earlier 6105s, they had a weird locking mechanism. It wasn't a screw-down crown. It wasn't a push-pull. It would you would push it in and twist it once to lock, but then they could still be pulled out. So I think people also still had uh, trouble with that. Weird. So they they would do everything they could to reinforce this area where they were getting that weakness. Um, so just a very active pursuit of quality, and you know, it's I almost still enjoy. it's almost like a like a microcosm space race of one. You know what I mean? It's this constant pursuit of something where we know we're not there yet because we can't see it in the product, continually improving, continually improving. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not I'm not a, a cultural expert by any means, but I think that's just part of Japanese philosophy, especially if you're manufacturing something. Mm. You, If you're building this one thing, you're going to do your best to make it like the ultimate product that you can make. It's the best of what you can do with what you have. That makes sense. Um, uh, just to clarify also, Seiko experts do prefer being called sexperts. Sexperts? Okay. <laughs> Those aren't just S- SKX experts only? Oh my God, they could... Oh my God, I have to work on my jokes. I'm going to write this down. Clarify. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to forget I wrote it here and my wife's going to see and she's going to have so many questions. Clarify sexpert. Sexperts. Next time. Next time. Episode, episode 92. But yeah, I, 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 
I've been lusting after SKX, but what I'm also just like fascinated by is these days how many different sort of versions there are and how I think they seem to be almost like region specific. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So kind of like the the 009 is for the rest of the world. Um, you know, the SKX 175 is is for the US. And that's something that is carried on all the way from from the earliest divers. So the 6105-8109, that was USA. Uh 6105-8119, that was USA. But there you would also have the the um I guess worldwide market versions. Mm-hmm. So they can be region specific. People try to crank up the prices because something is North American or something is JDM. I think it's garbage. Well, um, I, I I was I was referencing specifically like I've seen like orange dials. I don't think the orange dials are available everywhere, but you can buy them from websites that sell them everywhere. You know what I'm I saying? I mean the I, I'm looking at the SKX. Uh, where is it? The zero one one J, which is the orange dial gilt bezel that's jdm only but you can get it prime on amazon i'm gonna buy it now i don't want to buy it now let's see where's it skx 011 j j let's see here Ooh, look at you it's like it is it is it, is it orange in the bezel or is that gilt it's more of a gilt gold cool. tone yeah when you see them in person yeah that's the fun part of of about the skx you know you still have all of this uh variety it's a very simple watch but you can <laughs> collecting them can be dangerous because i just want all the colors <laughs> and there are a few colors i've seen like um i think i've seen like any digi like green ones you know what i'm talking about yeah at the same time you know we're not even talking about the seven five four eight quartz watches that also utilize the the case the skx case we're, we're familiar with you get you get really weird dial versions. I think there's a, I think there's a teal seven five four eight. That's pretty rare. Maybe, that, that's, maybe a, that, that's a maybe, quartz one. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Um, but yeah, you can get this orange one. There's the SKXA three five, which is yellow. It's like a banana yellow. Um, <laughs> it's just just fucking <laughs> fantastic, man. These are these are fun watches, and, and it's it's almost like. It's almost like the final shelter we have when it comes to Seiko because we can still have fun here. We can still have fun mm-hmm. here for not that much money. I can still have fun with the the turtle divers, the SRPs, and, and the Samurais. We, we can still have fun um, taking part in this segment of Seiko history. Yeah. Not so much anymore with, with these, uh, these limited edition, super expensive reissues. I think it's That's just gonna. I think it's just gonna get worse. I, I I think I think it's just going to become more and more difficult to sort of have fun in this um, three four hundred and then under you know dollar uh, Seiko diver range. I mean I don't know. I could be wrong, um, but I can definitely see how from a collector's perspective, even 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 though I don't own an SKX yet, if they ever discontinued that. And then reissued it as like a limited edition for like three or four times the price or something like that. Yeah, people would probably people would probably lose their minds, and it would be. It, but here's but here's what's annoying: even though everyone would be upset, all those limited editions would still sell out, and so Seiko would think it was, yeah. it was a success. That's what's the most infuriating thing <laughs> about it, in my opinion. You and know? maybe Seiko will pull out of Basel World. 
I mean, Swatch did. How crazy? How crazy is that? I can't remember if we talked about that last week, but um, Swatch we talked about it. Of- we talked about it this week on the uh, coffee break. Oh, the Coffee Break live stream. Thank you to everyone that actually joined our TBWS Coffee Break live stream. Um, Mike and I, I think we want to do this more consistently every Wednesday, middle of the week, touching base with everyone, talking about news that came up, talking about the episode. But yeah, that's right. On the Coffee stream live, on the coffee, pff, coffee stream live stream, Coffee Break live stream last week, we talked about Swatch pulling out of Basel. I don't think Seiko will. I think I feel like Basel's been pretty good to Seiko the past couple of years with both these um, limited edition re- 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 reissues, the new presage pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, they did a good job. I feel like, uh, well, I don't know if they did a good job. I'm saying Basel was good to them. I feel yeah. Like, I, feel like there's, I feel like there's a difference. <laughs> I think so. I think so. You know, so I don't know if they'll pull out, but I'm curious to see who else pulls out of Basel. But, um, but just in terms of the SKX discussion, I think it's incredible to just also have access to a watch where the community supports you understanding the history of the watch. Like there is some, like a lot of the stuff that I talked about on the Amphibia episode, in terms of other Russian watches, Amphibia has more documentation, but that's not to say it's relatively substantial documentation. A lot of that information still has to be inferred or I had to do a lot of digging. Um, the Russian watch community online with some of the information, like writers, really, 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 really weird. But with the Seiko SKX, it's, I feel like the knowledge is out there. I mean, it's its very well loved. People are so obsessed with like how the little details changed here and here and everything like that. So it's just, I think it's one of those, to your point, I think it's incredible to still have this piece of just really accessible history, um, you know, available to everyone. I just yeah. need to figure out which one. I might get the 013, the um, 38 millimeter. Oh, it's a great watch. It looks really cool. A, a, a fucking uh, Alex Vance like has one. Thing yeah, looks killer. Fan, fantastic photos of a fantastic, fantastic watch. By the way, yeah. Um, the the great thing about the the SKX, by the way, whatever happens, um, once again in the span of two decades, Seiko made a shit ton of them, so <laughs> you should be able to find them. Um, you can find used models. You can find slightly more rare versions. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, so I, I would say, I think it's time for you to take the plunge. Yeah, yeah. How much yeah. is the how much is the one zero three? Is it under two hundred? Zero three. Let me see. I was texting you the earlier today. Creation Watches has the Orient Sun and Moon version two for around two hundred bucks, and I was I almost jumped on that, but I wanted I wanted to save my money for Hong Kong. And the zero one three, unfortunately, on Amazon is two thirty eight. We could probably find it cheaper on uh, eBay. I don't think you like eBay, do you? Uh, it depends. If like the seller has good um, ratings, and if it looks like um, uh, like the watch is is like new, and the photos aren't like stock photos, I'm open to it. Yeah. See, I think I think this is this is one of the the zero one three is one of those watches that people are trying to. Uh, present as something that's a little harder to get so i think i think it's probably just going through this weird phase right now where the prices are a little higher than they should be Bastards. but um you can just watch them for a while i remember when people were trying to ask 500 dollars for a regular skx 007 because it was right on the cusp of the uh you know 7s26 discontinuation hysteria <laughs> i have it here on creation watches for 180 bucks on rubber 200 bucks on 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 the bracelet nice 
them. And and I've heard positive things about Creation Watches. Um, a lot of you, a lot of you guys listen to the show have bought uh, have bought from them and just heard positive things. Actually, it's 190 on the bracelet. It's only 10 bucks for the bracelet. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'd rather put this watch towards something cool, like in Hong Kong. I'd rather have a budget of like four or five hundred bucks to pay for a watch in Hong Kong, and as opposed to two hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But let me see. <sighs> let me see. Let me see. But overall, really good stuff. Um, it's super interesting for me just to hear that whole um history. Would really love to hear everyone's opinions on the SKX, specifically certain points and like and the discussions. You know, with the, you know, four two zero five. If anyone has, because I just see I, that's the first the first time I've ever heard of that watch. By the way, isn't it crazy? It's a really cool looking little weird quirky watch. If someone has that watch, I actually wrote down that, that that's how I remember. I actually wrote down the reference number because I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm writing this down. <laughs> I'm very interested in this watch. Yeah, you know, definitely let us know what's up. Also, if anyone has any insight on why the seven zero zero twos are so heavily modded, really open to hearing your thoughts on that. Because I just after going through eBay with you, Mike, and like looking at all those watches, I now understand how almost rare my unmodded seven zero zero two is. You know, I didn't, what mean, I mean? To, I didn't mean to get mad, but no, I, no, it, no, it, you did. It, it was. You did not, it Michael, was infuriating I, when I was shopping for it. I'm fairly certain I've wished crucifixion on people on this show. You did not get mad by this show's standards. <laughs> All right. Far, 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 far from it. It's like um, it's like on the IT crowd, the uh, the stress test doctor is like, oh, I'm sorry. I think I, I think I raised my voice there for a moment. When he was like really just <laughs> not. He was just very calm and even t- – obviously the show didn't end that way. But oh, that's God. kind of what you saying you got mad sounds like. But, yeah, definitely interested to hear everyone's thoughts and pains on the show. Also, just a change of format for the way things um, work, and I apologize if I didn't make this clear. So the show notes traditionally, you know, will have links to, to like, you know, information and Wikipedia pages and other, like, maybe some wuss threads, but then also specific um, watches that we talked about. What we're doing now is, and this is actually, like, people requested this, so it just made logical sense. We've been approved um, um, to have our own, like, Amazon page where we can create lists of items. And so it's amazon.com slash shop slash two rope watch knobs. So what you'll do is you'll find that link in the show notes. And so all of the watches we've talked about are there. I mean, if they have an Amazon page, obviously. Um, so some of these won't, but you know, some of these other modern SKXs and things like that will. So um, you can go there and uh, check those out. So if you're going through the show notes and you're like, dude, what the hell? I don't see, I don't see a link for the SKX 013. It's going to be in the Amazon page. It's going to be in its own list. You can actually even follow our Amazon page. So you'll just get, um, that's my understanding. You'll just get an email every time we create a show notes list through um, through the page like that. And and just let everyone know using, like using those uh, links on those uh, lists, those are the affiliate links that we've talked about. So if you click that link and then if you go and just do your normal, regular Amazon shopping, we get um, an, a, like a commission, like a finder's fee. You don't even have to buy the watch. So if you click the link to look at the SKX013, like, oh, cool, that's really awesome. And then you had to go and buy, I don't know, sponges, scouring pads. I have no idea. But like something on Amazon, as long as you went through that link and made your purchase, you don't pay anything extra. But you support the show by um, by having Amazon give us that um, that finder's fee. So we also have that set up for eBay. Um, I have it on all of those uh, Soviet watch roundup 
posts, um, like eBay listing posts that I do. So uh, if you have trouble finding the Amazon links or if you have trouble finding the eBay links, um, just email us. Totally happy to kind of give you guys direction. And, and people have been doing that. So that's why I'm also trying to explain it as clearly as I can on the show just because I'm, I'm not doing a clear enough job as it is. So um, am I forgetting anything about the Amazon stuff? Or does it all, does it all sound good? No, I only laughed uh, because I'm very particular about my sponges, so I do get them on Amazon. Are there vegan sponges? Is that like a thing? Like, <laughs> is that why you're particular, or is this completely? I'm just kidding. But now, okay, now I wasn't that you bring sure. it up, I wonder. If, I wonder if that's a thing. I know. I know there are sponges that are made of like recycled materials, and they suck. They suck. They couldn't scour pasta sauce off a bowl if you scrubbed your arm to death. Oh my you know gosh. what I mean? Maybe there, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are crazy vegans out there. There, there the are point, vegan <laughs> the sponges. Point no, you are there. I have no. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they exist and they're four hundred dollars a sponge because everything vegan costs so much fucking money, dude. Oh my gosh. I feel I'm already. It. I'm already finding stuff. I'm gonna type in vegan sponge and see what happens. Sponge. Sponge is a weird word. It's a, it's not a fun word. I'm not looking for vegan sponge cake, internet. I know that's the more logical thing for me to be typing in right now. But I swear to God, I'm not looking for vegan sponge cake. Ugh, oh, whatever, I give up. Fucking, fucking Google. Stupid algorithm. In case anyone was curious, we had an algorithm update on Google uh, August 1st. So if you run a website and your traffic is taking a slight nosedive, you might want to go read up on that. <clears throat> it's in congruence with the March 1st update, which was a broad core quality algorithm update. Just throwing that out there in case anyone was curious because it's been on my mind lately. But um, I just took off more of my clothes after you said that. Excellent. Very good. I'm glad SEO gets you hot and bothered. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, Amazon page, the links will be there. Using those links to just do regular Amazon shopping as a way to support the page. Support the page at no cross to you really, really means a lot. We also had a set up for eBay, but people don't use that as much um, as Amazon. But if you have any issues finding the eBay links, definitely let, let me know what's up. Um, in addition to that, I want to do a shout out to our um, our friends, listeners of the show. They went and started their own podcast. We've mentioned it before, uh, Love and Watches. It's um, husband and wife. They're out in the West Coast. Really, really fun discussions because both husband and the wife collect watches. So it's not just, you know, two dudes talking about watches and dicks. It's a, it's a husband and wife talking about watches and, I mean, not dicks. I mean, maybe. They live on a farm, so they probably talk about their animals a lot, which is super, super cool. Maybe yeah. they talk about dicks. Who knows? There are only a few episodes in. The, the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned, guys. All right. Ranch racer, <laughs> perpetual girl. I'm pretty sure they just became not listeners anymore after after, uh, <laughs> after we talked about that. But yeah, uh, ranch uh, racer. Perpetual Girl, doing love watches over there. They are doing their first giveaway, and it's so cool. I'm super, super into this. They noticed, just like we did, um, some of the blind sort of negative rep that uh, uh, Invicta pieces get. Obje objectively speaking, if you remove yourself from the weird watch fam Invicta racism, Invicta is offering a pretty incredible product, uh, some of them. I mean, you know, yeah. you can get um, an NH35, uh, one of those pro divers, I think they're called, um, automatic NH35 for like 60 bucks. If you pay mm -hmm. five bucks more, you can get a fucking Mickey Mouse on it. Dude, what about that is a, not a no-brainer? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so uh, in the spirit of spreading the uh, good vibes and good health on Invicta, they're doing um, their first giveaway... I'm pulling it up here because I want to make sure I get the details right. Ba -ba -ba. 
11 watches. It is a giveaway for an Invicta, um, like Daytona looking watch. It's an Invicta chronograph. The reference number is one zero. Uh, pff, I fucked it up. One seven zero two three. I mean, you look at it. It's basically it's basically designed to look like a Daytona in the same way those Pro Divers are designed to look like subs. But it's a really really fun looking watch. Um, all you have to do to enter uh, to win actually is I'm just gonna make sure I get this right here. Ba -ba -ba -ba, is um, like 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 their feed obviously. Go to this post, it's the watch giveaway post, you'll know it. it's just a picture of this Invicta. Uh, the post went up uh, today actually, so, August, not today, for you guys today, for us recording, mm -hmm. August 3rd, 2018. Um, go to the post and you leave a comment. This is what I love about the, the post, uh, post a lot actually. You leave a comment and you just basically share what your dream chronograph is. And that's how you're automatically entered to win. So I'm just going to read this word for word here just so I'm not fucking this up. Just comment on this post and let us know what your dream chronograph is. It could be a triple split longe. I'm not sure what that means. Michael, you know what that means. An Omega Speedmaster. I also know what that means. Michael, you know what that means. A Vinci Seiko Pogue. I know what that means. Or it could be this in very this very Invicta. Just let us know what your personal grill chronograph. Uh, oh my god. Pro oh, I had to write that down. I had to write pornograph? that down. Pornograph? Pornograph or pornograph? pornograph. Oh, por oh, they're, they're oh, both good. I'm losing it. Pro porn. Porno, por, mm, pornograph. Like pornograph. Feeling like I'm going to speak for this third, for this first time. Pornograph, prawn, ugh, like fish prawns. Pornograph. Ugh, I lost it. God damn it. I lost my orological, my orological art on fumbling with the condom. Perfect, fucking perfect. Ah, where was I? Um. Oh yes, of course. <sighs> Just let us know what your personal grail chronograph is, and that's it. You'll officially be entered. You have until 11.59 on August 15th to post your comment. One entry per post. Um, they'll draw the winner at random on August 16th, and you'll be invited to actually do a write-up uh, review for the Love & Watches website. So that's pretty cool. So Love & Watches, we'll put it to uh, the link of the show notes. Go and check them out. It's really a fun show. Um, they're friends of the show, and they've listened to a long time, and they've been really, really cool and supportive of us and our growth, and so we want to do everything we can to reciprocate and shed more light on really, really fun show that they're doing. So go and check it out. Go and enter this giveaway. This thing is super cool. I'm looking at it right now. It's just a lot of fun, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it says 200 meters on there. How does that work? I don't know. Maybe it has can, screw down pushers. Maybe that's screw down. Who knows? Either way, it's a free watch, guys. Go and check it out. Um, checking my list here. My dude, I, I have I write I have little post-it notes. I write down what I want to talk about on the show, and literally it just says the word "clarify sexpert" and the word "pronograph" scribbled thirteen different ways, thirteen different times. I can't even read my fucking notes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever dude um this has been a really 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 fun show um incredible skx discussion michael super appreciate you taking the time and and just doing all that research and just taking us on that journey it's something that i've always been curious of because i own the 7002 and i know this fits somewhere in that history chain and now i feel like i have a pretty strong idea you know what i mean of yeah. how, how how the role this watch in its unmodded virginity plays in the entire uh, sort of evolution of the, the SKX line. Really excited to see where the line goes next. Um, really excited to hear everyone's thoughts and opinions on this show. You can comment on the website where the show goes up. You can also comment on the Instagram page or on Facebook. I'm going to start posting the links to the episodes on Facebook so people can start talking there. Um, definitely join the Facebook uh, closed like chat group. It's different from our 
page. It's a, I'm I'm like I'm like a Facebook noob, so I'm not really sure how it works, but I'll make sure there's a link to the actual discussion group. And and super appreciate everyone talking in there right now. I think we have like a little over a hundred folks in there, but people are posting all the time. You guys are the troopers. You got the guys who are posting in the Facebook group, a close paper group now, are like the people who go on Reddit and immediately just go to the new like the new tab and like everything. You're all fucking <laughs> troopers. All right. And you're doing the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned. You you brave few who are on um, and engaging on our, our Facebook page. Um, also, speaking of the 7002, if anyone knows why these things are so heavily modded, please let us know. Um, uh, shout out to Love and Watches. Go and check out their giveaway. Uh, check out our Amazon page. That's where our show notes are going to live. If you have any questions on that or if I have any clarified anything, please, please totally let me know. You can email us, email me. Uh, at uh, tbws.contact at gmail.com again tbws.contact at gmail.com or you can reach us obviously Instagram, Facebook shenanigans, all that stuff um, Hong Kong's coming up could be a good time I'm scared I'm gonna be get, scared, I'm, I'm I'll gonna be get, here with you I'm gonna get Giardia on the plane from bottom <laughs> to water you're I'm, gonna be there with people that love you that is true, it's, it's gonna be a good time I love you, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I just don't want to go to the doctor to get my vaccines, which apparently I have to do. I have to get a typhoid and a hepatitis A vaccine before I can go to Hong Kong. Live stream it and do a wrist shot. You mean live stream me crying my fucking ass off while someone yep. tricks my arm with a little tiny needle? I don't like needles, dude. <laughs> if I want to cry, I can do it for free without without having my shit perverted by needles and instruments. All right, whatever. Here, I'm, 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 I'm belaboring the effort. I don't want to go. But here, um, it's that sad time. <laughs> Yeah, we'll say goodbye and uh, go buy some SKX watches. You're gonna go. I'm gonna go buy every single zero one three before <laughs> you guys do and fuck up the market for me. Oh, we have a two day head start. Yes, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. See you, Space Cowboy. Mm-hmm.